Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are we good? Yeah. Sweet. Put that away. <laughs> oh, ladies, ladies, I'm back. And, uh... <laughs> what about the men? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the vast majority of the listeners. What about the men? 91% at last count. I've just... <laughs> was it? I checked, yeah. I've isolated them all. Yeah. And, and chaps. Um, here I am. Uh, and Pete is also here. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a chap. Yeah. Thanks for that. Luke's here. All right. And James. Or Jim. Hello. Oh, hi. Chaps, I've got an email here, um, and I'm going to start the show with it. It says, uh, hello there, lads. I'm feeling really sorry for Ashley Cole, once again the target of smutty innuendos by the tabloids. <laughs> I mean, we have all taken nudie phone pics of ourselves whilst alone in a hotel room, then given the phone to a mate who hands it to another friend who sends the pictures to a topless model whilst pretending it's you sending them or something. <laughs> um, as, as the great man wisely commented, I would laugh if my foot didn't hurt so much. Just sounds like he's gone mental, doesn't yeah. it? Um, on a completely unrelated note, I have a question for you. What's the biggest pile of shit a footballer has ever come up with to get himself out of trouble? Pete, peace or war, Ryan. I think Ashley Cole's getting quite well versed in doing that. Now, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what's true and what isn't anymore. No. So, chaps, uh, an excuse a footballer's come up with uh, to get himself out of trouble. Me? Luke you're first. at me? Luke first. <sighs> okay. Otherwise, you'll talk over whoever. I'm going to go first. for um, a goalkeeper. Yes, we uh, all like goalkeepers. David Jamo James. Yes. Um, Ooh, what's this one? Who is a man, he's a man close to my heart, especially yeah. after last weekend, obviously. <laughs> and he came up with a great one when he was at Liverpool. Uh, he, he went for a couple of clangers. You know when he used to be absolutely <clears throat> abysmal at crossing? Yeah. Calamity yeah. James. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big flapping hands. Yeah. It, flapping everything. His excuse for being basically being rubbish... Uh, when he went for a terrible patch, was that he was staying up all night playing computer games? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember this. He managed there, to make it was, worse. There was a particular game, wasn't there? It was away to Middlesbrough. It might have been League Cup, or it may have just been League. <laughs> and uh, the Middlesbrough beat them two-one, and he made a couple of errors. Mm. He said, "I've basically been up all night playing Super Nintendo." They said, "Well, that's not making it better. That's not <laughs> like one of those excuses that actually makes it worse." Yeah, yeah, because Super Nintendo is crap. Aren't oh come on, <laughs> Mario Genesis man, my favourite ever console. So didn't he? Didn't he make some huge error from a from a goal kick in that game? If yes, I remember he right did. There. Very well done, James. Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he also blame his haircut once? He had a fancy haircut done as he is. He, uh, he changed his hair a lot. Yeah. 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 I'm sure he blamed his hair. He was a little bit distracted. He did.
did refer to the um, the hairdressers or the barbers as the haircut shop. No, the, no, it, <laughs> it was the haircutting shop. <laughs> right. He also did one where he, he said he wasn't emotionally prepared to come off the bench for England, didn't he? As well, is that right? You remember that? That was, that was reasonably recently. Was he really? He had to come on um, off the bench for England, and he didn't do that well. And he said, "Oh, I wasn't emotionally prepared for it." Didn't he also <laughs> chain himself to a tree a little while ago as part of some sponsored sort of um, things to do tree with training. not cutting down loads of trees? <laughs> I, I only punched a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated mentor again, David James. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. just uncovered it. I but like a nice David. one. But a nice yeah, one. Yeah. A, a gentle giant. Mm. An art-loving giant. Yes. Mm. So mine is David James. What do you know about excuses? <laughs> <laughs> James. Uh, I'm going to go for Chris Coleman when uh, he was caught out all night in a student bar in Yo, Spain and then made. said that his washing machine had gone mental and flooded his house. <laughs> that was and, that, and that was, was why he was late for training. It was in Spain. I love, uh, a, dad, I love a good old-fashioned non-sequitur. <laughs> yeah. Was it a real social day? Yeah, it was. I believe <laughs> okay. so. Okay. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I like that. We've all been there. Well, hang on, right? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Pick your headlights. Put it in neutral. As a lot of people, as a lot of people probably asked at the time, how does that? How does you flooding your uh, your house? Yeah. Oh, what it was? I think it was. Uh, he turned up late, and. No, the excuse was he turned up late for training. He said it was because his washing machine broke. Yeah, yeah, but he actually, he, he got found out to be out all night on the piss. Didn't oh, that, all he? That, in, uh, in a student bar, just at some student union. <laughs> really? Was he doing a turn there? It's just <laughs> it's the girls going to be, mate. He want, he want, he, want, he hasn't got an NUS card. How did he get in? <laughs> he was, he was also the guy who got his car bugged by his missus, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. He wants. Um, She's driven him to it when he was. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> naughty. He wants. Um, he was a pundit on Sky Sports. I forget which show, but it was maybe one of the, uh, like the Football League show perhaps, yeah. and he turned up and he didn't have a suit on, he didn't have a shirt and tie, yeah. and that's the requirement of what you wear, so he had yeah. to borrow... That's all your qualifications. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, we've been on Sky, we know that. Yeah, yeah, Well, uh, and, and so he had to borrow, um, they had to just get a, uh, whatever they could find. Well, you know, a drawing. Yeah. But you know, drawing of a tie. Cut one out. <laughs> you know uh, David Bobin, the big lad, quite a broad guy, yeah, who yeah. does Sky Sports News, he had to borrow one of his blazers and it was massive on him. <laughs> This is poor. That's great stuff. Actually, Coleman was very good for excuses as a manager, wasn't he? He'd always find some reason why it wasn't just that Fulham had played terribly. He's yeah. not, he's not in some like sort of external league. sort of thing. No, but he was still very well versed in that. I mean, the two, the Statler and Waldorf of excuses for managers <laughs> are definitely Steve Bruce and Neil Warnock. Well, we'll move on to Warnock in yeah. a bit. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Pete, who, what have you got for us? Um, I got, I got, I'm not. A, really sure where to go for um, Alex Ferguson I, not strictly a footballer but he was a footballer yeah. and he's giving an excuse Count. for a football match well, this, is in, this is in the realm of football I think so gonna, um, no one's going to take exception but, <laughs> the yeah. football realm ball yeah, oh. uh, but, um, yeah when uh, when Manchester United were playing that grey kit he blamed a bad performance oh, yeah. on, against Southampton because they couldn't see each other in the grey yeah. kit that's right they the were finding Sony. it hard to pick each other and, out but also there's one where um, Bill Shankly I wasn't sure whether it got for Bill, Shank Bill Shankly or not yep. where he blamed the fact that they lost 7-2 to Spurs on the fact that well he basically said we would have won if um, Jimmy Greaves hadn't scored four goals against us <laughs> 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 you still wouldn't <laughs> still wouldn't yeah. still wouldn't doesn't make any sense yeah 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 What's your one then, Marcus? I'm going to go for the famous... I think we mentioned it before on the show, the, the famous Robbie Fowler celebration where he yeah. um, appeared to go... Cow uh, eating the grass. That's right, when he, <laughs> uh, he went... Uh, he scored <laughs> against Everton at Anfield in a Liverpool derby, of course, and he celebrated in front of them by appearing to snort the lines, the white lines mm. on the pitch. Because they sort of say that he looks like a bit of a smackhead, don't they? No, because cows... 
prefer to eat <laughs> grass if it's white through their nose yeah. that's yeah. right <laughs> and they try to palm it off by saying that's what they when they celebrate in training that's what they do he's like a cow eating the grass he does it all the time why, training, why would you celebrate didn't he say that something, something about like uh, was it, I, I want to say Jimmy Traore something like Jimmy Traore making him do it or something was he there at that I time? don't know if it's him might be it's, an, it's some player blame Traore yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but um, it's a good one anyway honourable mentions Anton Ferdinand, yeah, yes, a good one. When he went across to go to some massive party in Chicago or something, but he told um, he told his gaffer that he was going to the Isle of Wight to visit his nan. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get found out. You are. There yeah. was another silly. No one lives on the Isle of Wight. Everyone. Another, another excuse involving a nan, wasn't there? For uh, oh, a yes, couple yeah. of nans, if yeah. I remember rightly. Yeah. Go on, Stephen Island, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to tell a, uh, a um, Wayne Rooney story there. <laughs> 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 That's a different of kettle of fish. He went to the Isle of Nans <laughs> <laughs> for sex. Well, of course, that was when Stephen Ireland uh, went home to Ireland from being on international duty because he said uh, his nan had died, which of course wasn't the case, yeah. and that was his excuse. But the point. No, well, no, but the other the other thing was that uh, he then said it was his other nan when when the original nan was discovered alive and well, wasn't it? And then <laughs> the second nan was also discovered alive and well. <laughs> so many nans. Nan squared. <laughs> is what he's done there. Well, I can't argue with that. Yeah. The points need to be dished out, and they're going to James or Jim. Yes! It's been a while. Luke's yeah. annoying. Well, I'd that. like to thank Luke, Marcus, and Pete for <laughs> continuing support. <laughs> You're not happy with that, Luke? No. Chris Coleman was out of left field. It's true, yeah. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I have to give him that. <laughs> Surprise well, value. Well, let's cheer up, Luke. I could never live a life without Arsenal. Not, <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> That's, the, really. that's the Arsenal uh, group, the Arsenal group, the away, away boys, boys yeah, with that, a Z. Strangely, that's almost, in a way, made me feel worse. Mm. Terrible. Did someone email us with that? Yeah, yeah, everyone's been sending in their favourite rubbish football songs. In response to that terrible, terrible Villa song. But this Arsenal one, I actually think it's worse. Disagree. Really? I just, I, Pete, Pete's with you, I think, but me and Marcus disagree. I, I and I'll tell you why I disagree. Because the intro... I think it's the first or second bar. It's, it's a it's a nice little pluck of the guitar. I think it's a nice or there's something there. What's just I think we can all agree the Villa one's got no redeeming features whatsoever. No. Well, the Villa yeah. one sounds like a sort of MIDI track, but they've both got that sort of the thing in common where it's a kind of like a kind of cod reggae. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a sort of common style of music to go with terrible misguided. The intro's songs. definitely better on the Arsenal one, so therefore that is why. We, we will have to post a link to the the Away Boys website. It's truly awful. One of the songs on there, one of the lines is "Half time in the bar, have a line and a jar." That's now, absolutely. I've been to the Emirates. You could never get away with that, no, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> unless you're Robbie Fowler. <laughs> oh, political, baffling, <laughs> baffling, <laughs> professional. Um, right then, FA Cup. We're going to have to talk about Southampton versus Portsmouth because. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> oh, gutted about that. Because, Should we just go uh, and, like, get some food for a bit? Do you want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because he'll well, come with I us. Don't and he won't talk. Food. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to mention Southampton versus Portsmouth, otherwise, that uh, beardy twat won't. Uh, <laughs> He's got nothing to say about it. <laughs> um, I did like what Avram Grant said. Uh, he said, if you win, you make 250,000 other people happy. That is what football is all about. If I wrote a book about Portsmouth, it would be a bestseller. Yeah, oh, well, wow. because he sees the passion at everyone at the club. You got to love Uncle Avi, haven't you? <laughs> Uncle Avi, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Come on, he's a good lad. Do you know why? I I he looks like um, the Emperor from Return of the Jedi, which is a bit old. 
Or Baron Von Silas Greenback from uh, yeah. Danger Mouse. But do you not oh, get the impression yeah. this? Do you not get the impression with Avram Grant? He, if he wasn't in the game in a professional capacity, he'd still be down like doing like a Sunday League team or yes. a kids team or something. Yes. He loves the game, and I, I think yeah. you've got to respect him for that. And I'm not just saying that because he's Pompey, because I, I think I think he did a pretty good job. I mean, they're only one kick away from winning the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. You know, and all right, it was Mourinho's team, yeah. but Avram Grant still had a big part to oh, play. You still got to get them there. Yeah. yeah. So Mourinho didn't get them there, did he? No, so. exactly. So I think I like Avram. He's a good lad. He went over to. I did like it when he went over to the fans. And he was pointing at them and thumbs up and doing I, I the think he's maintained. I think he's held, sort of been really dignified the way he sort of. That is my favourite Avram Grant moment. Or when they beat, was it Liverpool in the semi-final? He dropped to his knees in celebration. Yeah. Class. Do you remember that at Stamford Bridge? His piss-drinking wife's quite funny as well. Oh come oh, yeah. on! He's lowered the tone. Well, she did. She drank, <laughs> yeah, she drank piss on telly. Yeah, that's true. Why did she drink piss on telly? Some weird Israeli was TV a show she was involved in. She's a, she's a t- I think she's an Israeli she, TV she presenter. Yeah. <laughs> the most important thing is that Portsmouth beat Southampton at Southampton. And uh, you enjoyed that. I loved it. Absolutely. Jamie O'Hara, not a bad player. He's, he's, he's a class above. He is. He's one, one to watch. I actually think he's. <laughs> I actually think he's better than Jermaine Jenas. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm better than Jermaine. Jesus. He looked that good right when he was back. at Spurs, like, <laughs> sort of properly, to be fair to him. Yeah, he sort of, um, yeah, he, he broke it, broke through in there and he sort of went off the ball a little bit. But he's loving it down at Portsmouth, he's playing football, he ran the show. And, and, and OK, it's against League One opposition, but, you know, he ran the show there and, and, and I think he was a difference between the teams, especially on the pitch. Did David James team. cement his, uh, or make a claim for the number one spot in England? David James had a, had a funny game because he, he, well, he, he made, made some great mistake. saves, but he also made a couple of errors. As well, he made two fantastic. Saves. Yeah, he did, and he shouldn't have had a chance to make those either. By the way, they should have been buried. Mm. To be honest, chances. Bioshock Two's just come out, so he's probably doing quite well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, it's to be Might expected. Have had a lot of sleep, will really. he? Yeah. No, he's substituted computer games for his art now. He's much more. He's much more grown up. But you know, I think I think that if if Southampton had taken their early chances in the first half, it would have been game over. You know, mm. so. Portsmouth managed to hang in there and they rode the luck a, bit, a little bit but I mean Southampton at the back defending especially in the later stages of the game was absolutely suicidal Yeah, they, well, had, they had to chase the game and, and, and they got caught out nice little cash injection for Portsmouth Yeah, but is it too little too late well I think it's pretty I late. was thinking about this drop in the ocean isn't it I think Avram should take that money go into a casino Red 17 do you reckon yeah? <laughs> well, you know what I mean yeah. it could get them out in one swift stroke yeah. they could but, be but the on 11 the way, million on the way at the casino there's a brothel yeah <laughs> the worrying thing about that allegedly Marcus, is under the current stewardship of Portsmouth that may find its way into being a serious idea <laughs> no, to be honest mate, if they had any sense they'd take half the money and do that and put the rest yeah. on the lottery yeah so. well, yeah. <laughs> well Peter Story yeah Peter, just buy like 200,000 lottery tickets yeah. or whatever Peter Story was saying that um I'll do everything I can to, to keep Pompey around. And whenever he gets questioned, well, no, he's, he's going to start doing that now. Yeah, well, whenever he gets questioned about um, <laughs> what he's what he's his role in the old downfall, he always comes back with, "Well, if people don't want me here, I'll go." <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, did you it, not see the people opening? <laughs> yeah. Open your ears, man. And then he goes, uh, "Well, I can't be responsible for what the owners do, what decisions they make." And it's like, "Well, you're sort of the chief executive, you know." <laughs> It's, it's really mostly your fault. Isn't it? Oh dear, oh dear. And then he was got he got he, it's the first time he's been moaning about someone putting money in his face because against Southampton all the fans were waving money at them. Oh, were the story they? said it was like abuse. It's, this is assault, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Unbelievable, oh, I love Jeff. It. You're, you're not a fan of uh, Peter. Story, I'm not. No. <laughs> David, David James though he did an, he, he, he said something else quite funny afterwards, and this will probably anger Southampton fans, but um, I don't care. Uh, he, he said, <laughs> "I do. I no, love you." He said that uh, in, in the post-match interview. He said, um, "It's another. It's, it's a great day for Hampshire." And Gabriel yeah. Clark went, "What one half of Hampshire?" And David Jones went, "Yeah, the important half, as far well, as I'm concerned." <laughs> <laughs> big shout, big talk. <laughs> it is big talk. Yeah. But uh, in fairness, Southampton, you know, they they, they 
they had chances to win that game, and that, and and four one is very harsh on them. But you know, that's football. You know, it's well. just the way it goes. They, they've had a lovely day out, bless them. Let's move on from debt-ridden clubs with uh, controversial owners. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace. Oh, <laughs> thank you. He's good, isn't he? Uh, Drew with Villa, uh, two all. Neil Warnock not happy with the officials yet again. Is Neil Warnock is an anagram of Colin Wanker. Did you figure that out? Was it one of? No, I, think I read that somewhere. Yeah. Okay, that's excellent stuff. He said. Um, when talking about the referee, he said this was uh, because Villa were awarded a corner uh, three minutes towards the end, which they subsequently scored from. And according to Warnock and, and Crystal Palace, it clearly wasn't a corner. And he said uh, he wasn't happy with the officials. He said, I spoke with Mr. Massey, and what he said was, When I watch it at home, if I was wrong, then I may be suspended. Warnock said, Well, I don't feel any sympathy if he is suspended. I hope it is for a long time. Bit harsh. Um, and he said, I said to him, When you're sat on your settee, when you're suspended, will you think about us? Well, he said it like a settee's a really decadent item. Yeah. <laughs> when you're sat on when your settee, you're lounging on your settee. Well, we're talking about a settee. But the funny thing was, Warnock went on to say, Because this is actually probably. Um, you know, financially a good thing because an away match to Villa will get them more revenue to the, than a home match against Reading or or West Bromwich Albion, which I think uh, yeah, is, 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 the, is the draw they've got. He said, well, it would have been flat today if we'd have won and then seen that draw, so maybe this is the best result for everybody. <laughs> One thing, they also, they both went on Colin Murray's show on Five Live, didn't they? Um, in, in the aftermath to this, right. uh, Neil Warnock and Martin O'Neill went on and we're talking about it. Mm. And Neil Warnock was like giving it the big un. Yeah. And as soon as Martin Neil came on the phone, Warnock was like <laughs> a, a spectacular climb down. It was like, oh, well, you know, it's just the way it goes. Because Martin Neil came straight on and went, boom, you had a corner you shouldn't have had a corner for against Wolves in the, in the last round or the, one of the other rounds in the cup and you scored from it and you wouldn't have gone through without it. And Mick McCarthy didn't complain. And Warnock was like, "Wow, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." So it was quite good. It was, that is great. Yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah, it was. It was pretty genial, really. I'm probably making it sound much worse than it was, but that was basically the size of it. Uh, Go, but going mental like he did over a corner. Mm. But you got to bear in mind though, these people are all, all getting interviewed like, straight after the game, right? Well, like you're most yeah, angry, yeah. so you're gonna you're gonna say things that you probably you, regret a bit. Did later. you see the sort of potted history of like the couple of days before the match at the um, the ITV put on, where he's having his hair cut and oh, um, one of was having his hair cut? He's going, "I'm probably the most hated man in the world." World, probably. <laughs> I'm really Colin Wanker, they call me. That's <laughs> <laughs> my parents if you jumble it up. Um, also, um, then O'Neill was piping up about how Palace had a corner and the guy taking the corner didn't put it, wasn't in the quadrant properly, so that, sh- <laughs> that shouldn't have counted either. All this other stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got a bit silly. Um, Don- Warnock's got track record on these. Got, Warnock's yeah. got previous all this sort of stuff. Remember when he was at Sheffield United and they went down and the whole Tevez thing? Oh, my like, goodness. Yeah. He, he, he give him half a chance. He'll still moan about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest, actually, I, I met Neil Warnock once and he's a really sound fella. Really sound fella. Yeah, until you wrong him and I he think... pursues the biggest vendetta <laughs> yeah, in the history of football. But he's so funny, though. You know, like you were saying with Avram Grant, how um, he would be involved in football in any level. Yeah. Well, Warnock would definitely be like that. And I said, you know, how he, it, it was kind of when he'd taken over at Palace and then he kind of got them going a bit. Uh, and they, they finished in the playoffs that year. I think Bristol City um, beat them. And uh, I said, you know, how are you getting on at Palace and all? And he said... Oh, I tell you what, when I took over there, it was a right estate. But we're trying to sort it out, so, uh, you know, I keep telling the people, have a bit of faith. Oh, really? We'll sort it out, you know, and all this sort of stuff. He was, he was a good man. He's a good he's, man. He's, is he supposed to go to QPR, somebody said? There's talk of him going there, isn't there? Yeah, there is talk of him going there. Yeah, I'm not talk, sure what's going to happen with that. Because obviously Palace are in big big trouble, so... Oh, you reckon? Yeah. It'll be yeah. a terrible time for a manager to leave that club, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And also, you, you know, your life expectancy... The life expectancy as a manager of QPR is about the same as a fighter pilot in World War One. Yeah, that's also a fly. Yeah, two to three weeks or something. Yeah. Uh, Derby lost to Birmingham 2-1 in the dying seconds, and Robbie Savage kicked a ball at the linesman's balls. <laughs> Robbie Savage also very nearly scored one of the best goals I've ever seen. Agreed. Right death. Yeah. yeah. It was a great save from Joe Hart. I tell you, the, 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 the lower league sides um, really... Did themselves proud. I thought, you know, Palace were unlucky not to beat Villa, Derby were unlucky not to draw, and I thought Cardiff did okay at Chelsea. Well, Southampton were, were the better side against Portsmouth. Well, and Southampton, 65 yeah, 70 yeah. minutes. Lest we forget. And, well, uh, I mean, speaking of the lower league sides doing well, really, without going back into this too much, the only real difference between Portsmouth and Southampton was David James and probably Jamie O'Hara. And in the second half, when Southampton had to come out, and, uh, and really go for the game, obviously because it was a cup game and a 2-1 defeat is no good to anyone. They, they pulled their right back across to take long throws from left midfield and just didn't cover. It's a bit of a schoolboy. So they just got smashed on the break. And, yeah. it, and if you do that against a Premier League side, no matter how rubbish they are, and Pompey are rubbish, you're going to get obliterated with people like Bell Hadge and Quincy, those, people with, mm. those sort of players with pace. And really that was the only difference. Yeah. It was never a 4-1 game. It was, you know, Pompey would have been happy to get away with two one there, you know. So, but it's just one of those things. But overall, like you say, the lower the lower league sides did did excellently well. Chelsea beat Cardiff four one, and John Obi Mikel said that uh, Carlo Ancelotti went absolutely mental at them at half time. Yeah. He said he went mad at us. He shouted us. Was it one each at half time? Was it? It was. He said yeah. he shouted at us in English and Italian. Everything. When he's mad, he mixes everything up. I quite wow. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of that. Just this crazy man. Just... <laughs> sort of fluctuating between different languages, hopefully in the same sentence. He always raises his left eyebrow when he says anything. Some of the um, some of the defending. I mean, Drogba's first goal against Carlos. Some of the defending there is absolutely suicidal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, on the subject of terrible defending, West Brom against Reading, the uh, the first goal that was in like it's like oh, ten seconds, seconds, something yeah, like was, that. Was it's yeah. unbelievable? Because <laughs> that's what um, that's what um, Roberto Di Matteo said in the post match interview, didn't he? And uh, the interviewer asked like a really stupid question and said, uh, "Oh yeah, I, I don't expect you were planning to concede a goal so early." And Di Matteo went, "No, we were actually. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's give a goal away in the first ten seconds and take it from there." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say it's the lowest form of humour. Yeah, exactly. Mm. The Premier League could be introducing something rather new soon in a playoff for the fourth UEFA Champions League spot. The proposal is believed to have been raised at a meeting of the uh, 20 Premier League clubs, which would see the top three progressing as normal, with um, the teams finishing fourth to seventh uh, meeting in a playoff, like uh, the playoffs in the Championship to so get promoted. If, if, they leave, if they lose in those playoffs, those teams, then they then go into the UEFA Cup. The shortest cup competition in yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, call me cynical. I honestly don't know about that, you yeah, must that's do. That's a good point. Must call do. me cynical, but I, if that goes through, I guarantee you... That'll be, a way, that'll, that'll be a way of sneaking in that 39th game through the back door and they'll play those games overseas. Mm, I, I don't know. That's what that. they'll do. I'm, call me cynical. Maybe yeah. just chuck Rangers and Celtic in as well. Yeah, just yeah, make it this big yeah. confusing mess. How can that be good? In a, especially well, in a World Cup year. In a World Cup year as well. Imagine the games, games, though. The yeah. games would be brilliant. I mean, it w would be a massive, massive fixture congestion. And obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I would probably lose out sooner rather than later. But <laughs> it would it would make it interesting. It, it would be a real sort of exciting finish to the season. Because they did it in Holland, didn't they? And they but they stopped doing it. Something to do with... There was a lot of crowd trouble because the games were getting really heated, which is a really bizarre thing. Mm. Obviously, they're all really stoned all the time, aren't they? But <laughs> no, it's just to weird. calm it down. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't agree with it. 
I've got to say, I'm, I'm dead against it. I'd enjoy watching the games, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Boys, it's, it, the thing about football... Perhaps not this, perhaps not this season, because you've got your Man Cities and your uh, mm. Aston Villa sort of breaking up. I think it's ex- exciting I think, I think it got. I think looking at who's finished 1-4 to four in the preceding seasons, I think... That is, there's a reason why they're doing it. Yeah, and you, 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 it's unfair on the fourth team as well because you've earned that spot. Yeah, you've you earned should. that over a league well, season. That, well, that's the argument. In the championship, you've earned the third spot, but then the team who finishes yeah, sixth. Well, yeah. There's that. There's that argument which has been sort of done to death, like you said, in the lower leagues. But the point, the point of the matter is, you shouldn't have a seventh place team going into the championship. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's right. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I know it'll probably be seeded and that sort of stuff, like, very much like the playoffs are. But I'd, I'd, I'd call me. I might have got this wrong. Call me old-fashioned or whatever. I'd rather see the champions of Malta go in. Than the seventh place in the England yeah. yeah. because yeah. what it does is it it, it doesn't it, the champions of Malta go in at least they're champions of their country yes and so yeah. they get a bit of the money so they can invest that money from the Champions League into their infrastructure yes. and maybe build themselves up and do a little bit more next season you, you, Portsmouth could have gone in it. Wow! Absolutely, Blackburn. If you look at the teams who finished seventh compared to the teams that finished fourth, oh yeah, someone like someone time, like Fulham could have got that. a lot yeah. of the time, mate. Twenty points difference. Yeah. You, know, you, could, you, could, you could feasibly get into the Champions League by getting like four, 52 points or something in the then, Premier League. It's not good enough. If you look at the situation Liverpool had when they won the Champions League but didn't actually qualify, they would have had to play those playoff games, then play the Champions League final as well. That, that's a huge... I mean, obviously that's quite unlikely to happen, but it's a huge, huge sort of ask on any team. It's one that needs a lot of thought, and oh, I don't know. Bring back the cup winners and the Anglo-Italian. That's what I. Yeah. The Anglo-Italian was a lovely little touch. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I've seen a fair few of those games myself. If we bring Pumper. back enough cups, so that as long as you don't get relegated, you get into Europe in some way, <laughs> yeah. then everyone's happy. Yeah. Some kind of Europa League, mate. <laughs> a Eurosh Cup. The terrible bloke that is set blatter has dropped another clanger. Let's not judge him. <laughs> No, let's. Okay, fair enough. Let's just give him enough rope. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, okay, let's let's put him back to zero. Okay. No. And see where we get with this. Story. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> give him a chance. <laughs> give Sepp a chance. Yeah. Sepp Blatter has claimed that in some countries, John Terry would have been applauded rather than sacked as national team captain for having an alleged affair. With regards to the whole debacle, he said, listen... This is a special approach in the Anglo-Saxon countries. If this had happened in, say, Latin countries, then I think he would have been applauded. It's massively offensive to two different groups of people in one, <laughs> one fell swoop. Yeah. He, finds, he just finds what more... A prick. <laughs> yeah. He just somehow manages to find more and more ways of being a massive twat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You think he's ex- exhausted all of them? Truly, okay. truly incredible. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be suggesting maybe, you know, someone of a higher moral fortitude can take over the captaincy from Terry. Maybe a Marlon King or a Lee Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Sepp Blatter's wife, the alarm bells would be ringing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a dreadful bloke. So, um... If John Terry was, say, president of FIFA, his wife <laughs> might have a more relaxed view of it. Yeah. <laughs> John Terry is president of FIFA. I wish he'd never said that. <laughs> I wish he'd never said that. Yeah, possibly, the only th- possibly the only thing that could be worse than Sepp Blatter. <laughs> My giddy aunt. Just a horrible chauvinist. <laughs> but much worse than Set of Blatter, you know, going around parking in disabled bays and stuff all over mm. Europe and not just in England. The thing about the, the Set Blatter saying that is he doesn't have to say that. No, no. All he needs to say is... Involved. Yeah, all who he... does his PR? <laughs> <laughs> who does his PR? <laughs> Some Dolly Bird, probably. Yeah. But all he... If he thinks it's a little bit over the top, all he could say is, you know... I just, I just think it's a load of nonsense. Let him get on with his private life yeah. and let him do... How does did he have to start How, how do these people who are completely <laughs> unable to apply any sort of pragmatism to yeah. anything that they say 
becomes th- the head of organisation. Managed to do a football it's podcast. A- <laughs> 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 There's no, like, in a voice going, hey, Seb, m- maybe you shouldn't say that, Seb. Seb, come on, Seb, you spent 35 years in the public eye. <laughs> Surely you've learned something. Oh, you haven't, you haven't. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> ladies, teams should have shorter and shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 35 years. I think, been, I think it's about that. Yeah. It is. It, no, it is. Absolute cock. It's 35 years. Do you How reckon... do you apply for that job? <laughs> do you reckon... I tell you what, Jack Warner, and if he's listening, he could... He, this is a little money-making uh, tip for you. All he needs to bet, like... I bet you within a month, Sep's going to drop an absolute clanger. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no betting company in the world will give you a market. <laughs> no. I don't think they do that sort of bet, do they? It's yeah. like, could you go in a betting shop and say, I'll give you a tenner if I can do a handstand for 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. I know that's fundamentally was... getting the fundamentals of betting wrong, but still, I'm well, pretty sure you can't bet on things like that. My favourite uh, my favorite story about a bet was uh, in a local newspaper. It was like, a, it was in, I think it was the Islington Gazette. It sort of said, uh, this fellow was talking about his son, who was in a, like, a under five star or something and he's saying my, oh, my son's really really good um, it, I've put on a bet that he will um, he will be a under 20 an England under 21 international why under 21? Yeah. <laughs> How much? I had this much faith in you did, to yeah. be an under 21. Yeah, not a full international. I just didn't want to... I didn't want to yeah. didn't, is, Wayne Rooney? It's Chris Kirkland's dad. Chris Kirkland's dad, Famously right. did it. Also, there was a guy who put on a significant amount of money. It was this couple savings, I think, that Xavier Alonso would score from before did, or around right. the halfway line. No, it was for his own half. It was, it was for his, his own, own half, half yeah, right. Yeah. And, and the, the, his wife divorced him because she was so furious about it. And then, and then he did it. Yeah. And then the money came in, which is yeah. brilliant. He don't want to back now. He's not going to back him up. He can buy a better wife. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Wayne Rooney's dad also betted when he was like 12 years really? old. Or uncle, was it? I know. That he would play in the 2006 yeah, World it Cup. It was his uncle, you're right, yeah, And yeah, yeah. obviously he got injured and he was absolutely yeah. grabbing it. But, <laughs> but he was all right, I think. Well, he was all right, because he played. Well, let's move away from ridiculously outspoken people in the game of football. <laughs> Diego Maradona. Oh, you're oh. proud of that link, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I did signpost it for you. <laughs> um, he's said no to Juan Roman Riquelme. If there was any glimpse of, of hope that he might get back into that Argentine side, he says no. It's a close subject. I called Riquelme up last March and he didn't come. I love how he plays. I hope he returns to his best form for Boca Juniors who need him. That's what he said. It on makes me a bit sad. Yeah, yeah. shame. Because I really, really thought that those two men could sort out their differences, oh, so naive, which is the foolish, you? most foolish yeah. thought I've probably not, ever had. It wasn't very likely, but it would have been nice. Yeah. It involves a climb down from one of them, and that's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I will not pick one more player. No. He's picked so many He's players. He's over 100. I'm not going to go mad. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pick Raquel, mate. Well, that's right. Well, he's also Maradona's hit out at uh, George Valdano, mm. who is the director general at uh, Real Madrid, of course. And he sound like sort of leading some evil army, which in a way he is. Yeah, yeah. Valdano's well known as like a real like intelligent thinker and sort of mm. philosophizer around the game. Well, very much so. He was also um, the teammate of Maradona's at uh, international level for mm. Argentina. But Maradona's angry because he's saying he's not doing enough to help the Argentine national team. Mm. People in glass houses. Well, he's saying he's not, he's not, <laughs> um, <laughs> not well, releasing he's, players and stuff. Well, what he's saying is, uh, Maradona said, Valdano is one of the biggest rivals to Argentina at the moment because first he sent Gabriel Heinzer away from Real Madrid. Maybe, What's wrong with that? Maybe Heinzer wasn't good enough? Heinzer's really not that good. Yeah, he yeah. isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I don't think that's uh, Valdano's job. If the manager's not picking it, no, but he's think, not good enough. But I think, to be fair to El Diego, he's only really <laughs> asking people to do what he would do himself. See, <laughs> if Maradona was in charge of Real Madrid and Heinze was there, he'd still play him, yeah, even if he was true. rubbish. So he's only asking to do what he would do himself. He's also saying he's now preventing uh, Fernando Gago from uh, leaving Real Madrid in search of regular football. Well, that's a double standard, surely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> and then uh, he says uh, he knows... Uh, uh, they are two players that I have in mind for the World Cup. Fortunately, uh, Gabriel Heinzer is uh, somewhere he can play, but Fernando doesn't play in a card. So, what, what's the original problem then? Well, yeah. exactly. He then went on to say um, about Gonzalo Higuain. He said, even though he is scoring more goals than uh, Benzema and Raul, he's not getting into the side. He says, I think it's disgusting that an Argentinian is preventing other Argentinians from playing regularly. I know that many things are decided by coach Manuel Pellegrini, but it seems well, to me. Well, who picks the team? <laughs> <laughs> but it seems to me that Valdano is not doing enough to help our guys. I think we can file that under uh, the usual uh, Diego Maradona in World Revolves Around Me Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, good, unbelievable good value, good value. I can't wait to see him at the World Cup. Oh my yeah, goodness. Amazing. I can't, I can't wait. wait to see those belly slides on the touchline. Yeah. <laughs> trying be... to make four substitutions. Also. It's, it's gonna be, I, I imagine there's going to be some genuinely sort of iconic moments from El really Diego at the World Cup. He's not finished with being a mentalist on the world stage yet, is he? His last, his last iconic World Cup moment <laughs> was grabbing that camera at a coke fueled yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In World Cup 94 when he scored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before getting Greece, sent yeah. home in disgrace. Yeah. Genuinely terrifying, that. Yeah. But going back to this, I just, I just love how... Well, there's an Argentinian man there, so he's surely yeah. for the good of... Yeah. Of, of of me and Argentina, but he, he's so he, passionate about Argentina. He but does it, think like that, though. Yeah, he does. It? I mean, you, you guys have read his book. He really, yeah. he really just thinks that's normal. Well, like I said, yeah. he's only asking people to do what he would do himself, well, yeah, and yeah. he genuinely would do it himself. Yeah. You know, that's he'd right. pick all Argentinian players if he could. Yeah, <laughs> Which, if, he, if he was manager of Real. I mean, it doesn't matter that Valdano is actually well, he isn't picking the team A, which yeah. is I think the biggest point we can make here. And B, he is the director general at Real Madrid. <laughs> at Real Madrid, I really think that if Maradona ever got the job at Real Madrid. They would try and take over the world. He'd be like a Bond villain. Yeah. Would they, would they like invade other clubs? And Guardiola stuff? would have to come and try and save the world. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. You know, the Bernabeu would just sort of shake out of its roots and just walk around Spain <laughs> trying to <laughs> destroy <laughs> other stadiums. Yeah. yeah, they would. They'd invade. Yeah. And that sort of thing happens in Latin countries. <laughs> <laughs> That's accepted. Well, it's applauded, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Stadiums and stomping you, down the streets. And, <laughs> and you lot taking the piss out of all that was a typical Anglo-Saxon yeah, response. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's stay in Spain and uh, we'll talk about Primera Liga. Atletico Madrid beat Barcelona. Mm. First defeat of the season. Not only the first defeat, it's the first time they've ever been behind in a game this season. Yeah. In the league, I believe. Yeah, it's it incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And uh, it gets worse for them because they've got an awful lot of injury problems. And uh, Cater got injured after about two yeah. minutes. Yeah, he's out for a month, they reckon. But I mean, there was an understrength Barcelona side with regards to the back four. I mean, you had Messi and Ibrahimovic and Iniesta and Xavi playing. So yeah, I mean, they still I mean, had enough on and there. Atletico are very good going forward, aren't they? So they, mm. uh, Forlan scored a lovely little one, and yeah. and um, Samal scored a good free kick. A great free kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and whilst the Atletico uh, keeper made a couple of good saves, apart from that, really. Second half, Atletico were pretty comfortable. Yeah. Mm. And Barca didn't really look like, sort of, didn't look like winning it at all. Ibrahimovic scored for the first time yeah. in two months. Two, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's done a bit of a dry spell, yeah. Messi uh, very nearly scored a belter quite late on, didn't he? But, but I think Atletico were worthy, they were, they're worth their win. And I was, you know, the ramble 
Well, I said the ramble. It was me. I said before the <laughs> said before, before you the are the ramble. Well, no, before Luke. the game, I said I said to everyone, anyone who's watching, that tune in because Atletico could win this because Barca was so under strength. Yeah, yeah. And Atletico are so good going forward. And yeah, and, and they, they they got an excellent result. Aguero mm. looked good as well. I mean, he didn't score obviously, but you know, oh, live game. Th- yeah, he did have a live game. Mr. Sitter, but physically, he does look good. He's a very attractive man. He is, yeah, very very good looking. Yeah, yeah. married um, to Maradona's daughter, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, don't settle for less than the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ronaldo uh, got a brace for Real, and but the big news with Real is they have signed. Uh, Sergio Canales. Yeah, mm. he's going back to um, Racing for a year on loan. Is it yeah. just a year? I thought it was two years. It's the rest of this year and next okay, year, definitely. Right. I don't know oh, about okay. the year after that. Okay. Someone well, made this point on on our Facebook page, but I mean, is that going to affect his head? Do you think? Will he? Will his heart really? I think be his head will stay the same shape. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he's bound to get a haircut. <laughs> he might. He might do. I, I think it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I mean, with Real. It's, you know what I mean when I say like a year is such a long time at Real Madrid. Yeah. Oh, big time. Who oh, knows what's yeah, going to be happening in the years? Yeah. Diego could well be walking around the world in the Bernabeu. <laughs> well, Diego's like campaigning point. against. He's not Argentinian. Yeah, exactly. he's personally holding Canales yeah. responsible if he uh, keeps anybody out the side. So it's good that Canales gets another year at Racing, and the, so he'll play a lot more football than the yeah, other yeah, otherwise. Yeah. But I'm a bit sad because it's only a personal thing. I'd like to have seen him gone to Barcelona or something, or even mm. Arsenal. That'd be nice because we could watch him every week. Or just stay there for a bit. You know, yeah. It'd be nice. The, the, big, clubs, the so. big clubs do mm. seem to hoover up these players more so than ever. Yeah. He's clearly not listened to both of you, and he's gone to Madrid. Um, Villarreal and Athletic Bilbao had uh, that was a, a mental finish. That was the, the greatest end to a game I've seen for ages. <laughs> That's brilliant. Sendings off. Yeah, and everything. Penalty misses. Villarreal were two one up, mm. um, but Athletic Bilbao scored an absolute bullet. Um, oh yeah, it was a great. Yeah, one. yeah. Is it Gabalondo who scored? I think. Why it was. not? Yeah. Why not? And um, so anyway, it was two one with about five minutes left of Villarreal, <coughs> and um, they got a penalty. They got this new, Bilbao got this new little wonder kid, Munayin, um, I think. Munayin, I think his name is. Okay. Nineteen he skipped skipped past um, the Villarreal defender and, and won a penalty. It's about three or four minutes left. It's two one. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, Diego Lopez. Weak penalty. Yeah, Diego Lopez saved it, and they immediately broke up their run and almost scored to go three one. And then it all went mental. A high ball come over. Um, Javi Martinez and Godin um, went up for it. Both led with the elbow. Both <laughs> caught each other. Both hit the deck. Then Godin had a little kick. He at did. Martinez. It was a real yeah. Petulant. They both holding their face. Both stood up. Both got sent off. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Then the, then the bench exploded, and the referee <laughs> ran over and set the coach off. Then someone from the crowd threw a water bottle at the ref. <laughs> it was mental. There was another scene. Yeah, then later on, someone else got sent off, yeah, and it finished 2 1, but it was amazing. Yeah, Is yeah. this a ramble tube moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there was a, it was basically about three games worth of action squeezed into about four and a half minutes. <laughs> it, was it was amazing, it was amazing. And the Villarreal got some side, they got such, some great players, yeah. and that's a good win for them. Very good win. In Serie A, there was a good win for Milan. They beat Udinese 3 2, mm. which Luke predicted. I believe, or was it you? I think you're. No, Pete went no, for the draw. I think I went for the draw. You went for the draw. Luke predicted that. Pato, is that his first game back? He's been out for a while. Yeah, great is finish. That, is that his first game? It's back? Definitely his first goal. But okay. great, great goal though. He might have really. had, he might have played before. Um, well, Ronaldinho's ball through was amazing. <laughs> mm. Just round the corner, no look, pinged yeah. it about forty yards. Huntelaar scored two for them. Good to see him. Good uh, yeah, the goals. Del Piero scored two for Juventus. The first one was a lovely one. Yeah, yeah, that was broke three through two as well. Broke wasn't through it? the defence yeah. and uh, La Quinta played him in a little back heel. The second one was never, and a nice cool finish. The second <laughs> one was never a penno. No. It was, one, it wasn't even in the box. It no. was out of the box. And two, he kicked his own heels. Well, yeah. he scored. Yeah, he scored it, yeah. Inter dropped points um, with Napoli. They drew nil-nil. Mm. Yeah. You know, Inter, they've, they've had a... It's just a shame that none of the others below them can... 
can keep them going because Inter do drop points every now and then. But Hamzik absolutely wrapped the crossbar for um, for Napoli as well. Oh, and John Arnaurisa scored an absolute yeah, it was great smashing goal. Smashing, yeah, a smashing. Apparently, he scored. He's got a traction engine on that foot. Though, he does. He yeah, Risa, <laughs> release the kraken. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, what's uh, that bit in of Italian? Commentary. I hope they said it in Italian. That'd be amazing. <laughs> if you haven't seen that bit of commentary, we we'll stick it on Ramble Tube. Um, uh, also, um, the Roma player Cicinho, the Brazilian right back, mm. has gone back to Sao Paulo. Talking about, we, we often mention Brazilians going back to the Brazilian league. Well, there's another one, mm. and he's gone back, to, uh, as I say, to Sao Paulo on a six-month loan deal. Mm. It could be uh, extended if Sao Paulo advance into the. Latter he's a bit stages. of a late bloomer, but bloomer Chichino. He was, yeah. I think is it Chichino? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, oh, I thought it was Cicino. Doesn't yeah, matter. I've always heard it pronounced Cicino. A rose boy, any other name was smaller sweet, Marcus. Yeah, mm. he's gone back for carnival. Yeah, they're all yeah. going back for carnival, Pete. Yeah. Well, it is carnival. You see that, guys? Unbelievable. Every single year. Yeah. Every Adriano weekend off. That's right. Flamengo gave Adriano the weekend off, or they've given him the weekend off. A man with well documented alcohol problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, an ex-teammate of his, <laughs> when they played uh, together at the Flamengo Youth. He wrote Adriano a letter asking him to go easy on the celebration. <laughs> That's what it's come to. Yeah, it, I, I, I can't believe that is the best way to deal with Adriano's uh, Did you see problems. some of the boys at uh, SouthAmericanFootball.co.uk sent us some pictures of the carnival. Wagner and was... Love is a classic. Wagner Love is there, like just caressing a Brazilian woman. <laughs> Sitting on this like float, caressing. There's a lovely one of Rubinho and uh, Dunga together. Yeah, that's right, just yeah. enjoying a nice happy moment. And yeah. then Ronaldo, and it, it's not a white suit, but he's like white uh, trousers and a white shirt yeah. on this uh, sort of podium or something. He's dressed like one of the Osmonds. <laughs> in, in like he a, is, yeah. In like a white, full white suit. It's like, like, like Ashley and Cheryl everywhere. in that terrible yeah. photo. Yeah, it is, yeah. But isn't it weird? It's like they're paired to play football and then I go, all bets are off for a weekend. Yeah. It's like making yeah. a big carnival float dedicated to the dentist chair. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with the Flamengo, presumably they've got a game. Crazy. It's the Libertadores at the moment. It's not like the Champions League at the moment. They've got to sort out the scheduling of that fl- the carnival. Do it all in the off-season. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sepp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forget your own culture. It's a Latino problem. I tell you what. What's happening here? I tell you what. Some of the Brazilians like Ronaldinho. I reckon they'll disappear for a couple of days. Get oh, yeah. there. There'll be a few well, pictures of them popping it's up. It's just like the old Carnu trick, isn't it? Yeah. It's known as the Carnu. Just disappear for a couple of weeks after the African yeah. Cup of Nations. You know. <laughs> uh, I'm not here next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. going to Hartley Pool's Carnival. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Emails. <laughs> Ooh, straight off the mark. Mm. Um, James or Jim, I'd like you to go first. Ramble Force Ho and all that. Oh. Uh, love your show, guys. Listen every week on my posty run in Twyford near Reading. After last week's show, I thought I'd check your website to watch the nutter El Loco and his goalkeeping tricks. After doing this, I thought I'd have a look at more of his stuff on YouTube. After the tenth time of seeing the Scorpion kick, I thought I'd have a look at my beloved Tottenham Hotspur on there. Well, I couldn't believe my eyes, the great Diego Maradona playing for Spurs in Aussie's testimonial at the lane. I'd never heard of this wonderful moment before and have had to watch it every day since to prove it really happened. <laughs> Thank you, Ramble Folk, for leading me onto YouTube on my bored afternoon and finding this truly wonderful thing. Keep up the good work. And if you're ever in the Reading area and want a friendly, either five-a-side or eleven-a-side, my team, the mighty Kennet Vale, would be happy to be you anytime that's from Richard Hopkins just in case we're ever in Reading for no reason with all our football kit so cheers Richard um, yeah, yeah I, I haven't know. seen this um, we'll have to whack this up on you uh, I've, I've seen as well. it yeah I've seen it he's, he's, not, he's no Bentley is he hey? oh, there you go <laughs> speaking of which did you see Matty Taylor giving Bentley the old big one 
when Bolton played Spurs at the weekend, mm. when they were lining up for corners or free kicks or whatever, Matt Taylor was going up to David Bentley and pretending to do his hair for him and stuff, <laughs> and making out that he was a real big time. That's class. That's amazing, though, that, that uh, El Diego That's quite well known. There's uh, a lot of pictures uh, on the internet of it. That's wonderful. In a really tight 80s kit. It, it? it angers me because he's keeping an Englishman out the side. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it is a testimonial. Exactly. Or a charity Harry, Harry wouldn't have it. No, Harry wouldn't have it, Pete. No. Actually, Harry would probably try and sign him now. Harry would have it if the price was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's absolutely ridiculous to say yeah. such a thing, Luke. Well, I like the boy, but he's contracted to, uh, to Argentina, so... <laughs> Luke, have you got an email? I have. Read it. Hello, Ramblers. Hello. Here is an email to show that my family might be close to giving footballers the kiss of death. Ooh. Cast your mind back to the summer of 1993, when our only glimpse of continental football came from a copy of World Soccer and the legendary Italia show on Channel 4 with James Richardson. My European football knowledge was quite limited back then, but I knew a little, so when I bumped into the Ajax team in an airport in the summer of 93, I knew I was in luck. <laughs> <laughs> they had just returned from playing the Makita tournament and were all checking in for their flight home. Always one to grab an autograph, I managed to get signatures from players that would one day become European greats. Seydorf, check. Yes. Lippmann, check. Mm. Overmars, check. Oh, yeah. Edgar Davis, check. Mm -hmm. The De Boer brothers, check, Ooh. check. Excellent. We're all there. My Gideon. That's brilliant. That's huge. However, due to their young age, none were full internationals at the time. In fact, when I tried to place what position Van der Sar played, he told me that he pumped up the balls and made the tee. <laughs> <laughs> the moment came for them all to depart, so I had to, a, one chance to get a photo. Yeah. I could pick one player. Respecting seniority, I ignored all these future greats, much to my later embarrassment, and took a photo with the first choice Dutch international keeper, Stanley Menzo. Stanley! <laughs> <laughs> I, feel I, must, I feel I must have the footballing kiss of death as Stanley's career went to decline from that season on and he soon dropped into the Belgian league whilst those I disregarded went on to rule Europe and the world with their modern style of total football in 1995 obviously as a PS I'm not to be outdone as my sister was travelling in Brazil two years ago and was in a nightclub when some little bloke as she called him tried to dance with her she found out that this chap was none other than Romario oh. and bizarrely at this point his scoring run towards the thousandth goal dried up for a month before <laughs> finally breaking his duck proving I'm not the only one in my family with the footballing kiss of death thank you and great show Bill McLaughlin that's a lovely bit of work that's that is Bill <laughs> it was a long email but it was worth it I think we can all agree thanks for that first Bill first mention of Stanley Menzo ever on this show <laughs> <laughs> that's one of his accolades yeah. it's up there probably the last <laughs> <laughs> Pete um I've got an email from a young man by the name... Oh, he might be old. Uh, <laughs> by the name of Stuart Roberts. Uh, gentlemen, I wonder if you could make this announcement for me on your show. Following all the recent negative publicity, I have, after 12 minutes of great thought, taken the difficult decision to remove Chelsea captain John Terry from my fantasy football team Lego <laughs> <laughs> Lego <laughs> I realise that this will shock many people, but it's not a decision I have taken lightly. His continued inclusion in my team has led to continued disruption and concern about his performance performance from teammates, particularly Stephen Hunt of Hull and Andre Biquet of Burnley. I am happy to announce his replacement as Richard Dunn of Aston Villa. A good choice. He'll yeah. be available immediately. Thank you for your time. Any questions regarding my decision can be addressed to me via the Football Ramble, gentlemen. Yeah. Quite ironic that John Terry is a captain of a team called Lego Warfare. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, in strangely sort of, prophetic. Yeah, in Latino fantasy football leagues, yeah. you'd probably get extra points. <laughs> it's a prerequisite. <laughs> Indiscretions, discretions. <laughs> totally awesome discretions. <laughs>
Did you see? Speaking of um, Spurs and Bolton, did you see Gartside and Capello sit next yeah. to each other? And like, oh like Capello's such a strong personality. The Gartside was sort of sat like away from him in his chair. <laughs> <Wasn't> he? <laughs> he's like, oh, he's see, I, I've seen pictures of Fabio Capello in a pair of very small speedos. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> and still respected him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a fifty odd, fifty odd year old man. Yeah. Right, well, is he not sixty one, Capello? Oh, is he? He's even older, is he? Yeah, I think so. Right, Marcus, who's getting the champ manager goodie bag? Bill McLaughlin. Stanley Menzo's won it for you, Bill. Exactly. And I think you knew it would. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it. Is, yeah, is it just me? I just, when I see a team of footballers at an airport, I always think they're just kind of kicking it around like that advert. Oh, <laughs> the Brazilians. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a team of footballers at an airport, but I, I would definitely think so. <laughs> I think, who have I seen famous at an airport? No one, really. I don't think I've seen any. I saw the drummer out of M people. Well, Shovel <laughs> and Nigel Mansell oh, in Jersey oh, together. Yeah. Oh, I saw Gary McAllister once. Did you? Mm. Yeah, I said hello, Gary, and he went hello. How you doing? Did he? Yeah, he's got a good impression of him. Yeah. Yeah. he does good Scottish, doesn't he? he Gives does. good Scott. Yeah. Well, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> is it profile time, Marcus? It is. Usually, I do say that. Though. Well, why don't we let the player introduce himself? Sorry. Hi, I'm Ali Day. <laughs> That is superb. Today's profile is Ali Dai. Not to be confused <laughs> with Ali Dyer. No. Yes. Hi, I'm Ali Dai. Ali Dai. Ali Dai. That's right. That is wonderful. Mm. I genuinely didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, Merry Christmas, I'm everybody. I found your you. notes. I found your notes, man. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, that's right. The, the profile is on Ali Dai, who is a former striker and captain uh, for the Iranian national team. And definitely one of the best strikers in the history of Asian football. And possibly world football, damn it all. Certainly one of the most prolific. Mm. That's right, that's right. And, and considered the best um, Asian striker by many um, in, the, in the history of the beautiful game. It's interesting because Asia is such a big continent. It's huge. And, we, and we, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, Marcus? We've not actually got an Asian representative in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Nice. And, and this man is a... Who better? A glaring omission. Yeah, who better? I, I think. He, um, but I, I don't think people... Or maybe they do, but th th in Asia, especially in Iran, mm. they love... F they yeah. cannot get enough of it. I think the biggest attendance for a World Cup qualifier was in Iran, and I think it was over 100,000. So, yeah, they, oh, they they cannot get enough of it. And um, Ali Dai is, is an absolute legend. That yeah. word is grossly overused, but he really is a, a legend in, in Iran and, and all of Asia. Um, he was a late starter um, into football. It's always funny to hear that when a guy who's who's gone on to achieve so much was a late he, starter. He was a late finisher, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was. Yeah. Um, it's like the old right. He didn't start till very late on. Lots of lots of players. They are. That's Fernand. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Les, if you don't mind. Sir. Yeah, come on. You're going to crowbar him in, crowbar him in properly. <laughs> um, uh, and so when uh, Di had finished his studies, he got into football. And it could be said he had a thunderous shot. It was very strong in the air. He's a big lad. He was... 6'3", uh, or something, 6'3", yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was uh, an immediate hit in, in domestic football. And uh, he, But his prowess, his goal-scoring prowess, uh, soon earned him an international call-up, and he made his debut for Iran in, uh, in June 93. And he got his first goal against Chinese Taipei in 94. In the big one, I think we can all agree. <laughs> El Clasico. Um, <laughs> that's right, El yeah. Clasico? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Arguably, Dai's finest hour um, for Iran came against South Korea in the 96 Asian Cup, a match that he described as the most unforgettable of his life. Iran were trailing 2-1. Mm -hmm. Picture the scene. It's early in the second half, and Dai thought, 
I'm having this. Yeah. He took the game by the scruff of the neck. Do so you think pop bang lovely? Well, he he will have done. Yeah. In a minute, because he set up his teammate as is for the equaliser. It's two all. Yeah. Not good enough for them to go through. It's game on though. It's game on. So yeah. what does he do? He scores four goals. Ooh. Six two. Pop bang lovely. <laughs> <laughs> pop bang lovely and another one. That's yeah. more than a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> That's a haul. Yeah. He's got a haul. Officially a haul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Um, and he finished top goal scorer at that Asian Cup with eight goals, which is the highest tally scored by an individual at the Asian Cup. Hmm. So if you look at the uh, the uh, all the uh, top scorers at the Asian Cup. He's got the most. Mm. Trust me, because I did. Yeah. <laughs> he moved to Qatar side Al Sad uh, for a season, and then he moved to Germany to uh, Bielefeld, who were newly promoted to the Bundesliga. Now, a bit of a step up for him. Yeah, well, I would have said so. But, I mean, we, t- you know, people won't know much about Iranian football, and mm. of course, I don't think neither do we. You mm. know, mm. but. Moving to Germany to the Bundesliga at that time for an Asian player mm. was massive. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Absolutely it's massive. It's such an underrepresented uh, it's, it's a, for the size of the continent that it is. The biggest continent in the world. It's such an underrated area, you know. Yeah. And, and that's why it's important to highlight players like this who've actually come here and, and, and done, come to Europe and done some stuff because, you know, it's important. And this yeah. isn't that long ago. No, I mean, no, it's no, not that's like right. when we talk about Eusebio breaking through and stuff. This yeah. is huge, you know. Yeah, no, no, big time. Uh, he was only there for a season. And then he was scouted, scouted by Bayern Munich. That, that um, is massive. That is absolutely yeah. huge. <laughs> that is like someone from like a little village in Wales going to play for the Chicago Bulls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, it really is huge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely right. You know, and he was single-handedly scouted by the great Franz Beckenbauer, president of the club. Great stuff. Wow. Who, who really rated it? He's seen a few strikers in this time. He has the indeed. Kaiser. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so and and that was a, one of the first big money moves for an Asian, you know, an Asian player. It's just, again, really unheard of, you know. Mm. Um, and in, what I love is in Germany, he was known to be a, a true gentleman. Everyone used to say he was so respectful to the fans, and everybody loved him. And he got the nickname the Gentleman, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. which is a, which is a lovely touch. Mm. Um, he became the first Asian player to play in the Champions League. Yeah, it was incredible, really. Yeah. Mm. Great. Um, uh, but unfortunately, at Bayern, his his now this is crazy. His playing time was it was interrupted quite a bit because the uh, Iranian national team had a, a bit of an awkward schedule. Right. So he was off playing for Iran a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm. Which is which is a funny one, really, to think that it's a shame he had to make the choice rather than let do both. Yeah, exactly. Well, which of course all players do. You know, I mean, it really. happens. It happens. I mean, because let's take the Premier League for example. It's such a worldwide represented league now. Yeah. You always get players hopping off their games and stuff. Yeah. And that's why you get a lot, a lot of um, well, the absolute Cup of Nations, well, yeah, the controversy yeah. of the Cup of Nations, and also players like you know your Tim Kales have to go all the way to Australia and stuff, and yeah. and, and the South American players as well because their schedules are vastly different. That's it's right. a shame for Dai because, he, like you say, he was well, a real it. trailblazer and he wanted to be making an impression. That's it. And at the same time, if he has to nip off every ten minutes, it's not ideal, is it? No. And also, I think the the Iranian football team or the management of the Iranian football teams very much closer to the government for example yeah, well, than, yeah, than yeah, it would be yeah. over here so oh, big I, mean, time. I wouldn't say not if I was kind of that's Iranian. right well he, he, uh, he Iran did qualify for France in 98 and he was a part of that team that beat the US 2-1 in that yeah. very famous match but they went out in the first round unfortunately um, but back at Bayern, as I said, very little playing time. You know, they were the, one of the biggest sides in the world at that point. I mean, they finished runner-up in the Champions League final. They won the Bundesliga and the League Cup. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of quality in there. And if he's, as you say, going off every now and then... Well, it's going to be hard for the break back. It's going to be very hard yeah. for him, and it, and it was very hard for him. So he was only there a season, then he moved to Hertha Berlin. But Hertha Berlin were a very good side then. 
Uh, oh, I t- sorry, I've, I've missed out that uh, in that same year, around that time in, in 1990, he won Asian Player of the Year. Oh, good. Um, good lad. Very much indeed. Um, so, yeah, he, he went to play for, for Hertha Berlin, and again, he was playing in the Champions League with them. Yeah, they had a pretty decent signer at that sort of time. That's right, yeah. yeah. And there was he, he put a couple of good performances in. I remember one against AC Milan, I think. Mm. Um, but he was he finished their top scorer, I think, in the Champions League that year with three, four, three goals. Okay, yeah, three goals. Um, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, after uh, Hertha Berlin in two thousand and two, they failed to qualify for World Cup uh, two thousand and two Iran, and he, he was kind of winding down slightly there. So he went off to play. Um, in Dubai uh, with Al Shabab in the United Arab Emirates League. And he was 34 at this point. Um, but if we fast forward a few years, he did help Iran qualify for the 2006 World yeah. Cup, mm. where unfortunately they went out in the first round. But, you know, that's a wonderful achievement, yeah. Yeah, getting to the World Cup. But they're not, they're not exactly brimming sort of with household names. You know, the that's Iran right, exercise. yeah. You know, he's, he's obviously the standout player for them, and he has been, he was yeah. for, for quite a long period of time. So His last game was only 37, wasn't it? That's right, yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Well, he... Uh, he's, he's, goal, he's, he's got a lot of goals at international yeah. level. Well, uh, you're right, but he did retire from international football in 2006. But he re- retired with uh, quite some accolade. He is the world's all-time leading goalscorer in international matches with 109 goals. That's massive. That is absolutely <laughs> massive. Immediately, immediately you think, oh, that'll probably be Pele or someone like that. Yeah. But, but no, not at all. Absolutely. He did that in 149 games yeah. for a run. Yeah, exactly. So it's not as if it's one in two, you know. It's not <laughs> yeah, like yeah. 200 matches Super. together. Exactly. <laughs> Although, from what I've read about him, he did have quite a lot of games where he'd get like three or four. I mean, he did. He's a standout out there. But clearly he was so... Mm. It was just head and shoulders above that. And it's a real shame that he didn't get a sort of what you know what you could perceive as a proper chance at buying music... Uh, sorry, buying music music um, <laughs> at Bayern Munich to show what he could do no that's right I mean it's you know again people might say well the quality of the opposition but you've still got to put them away yeah, you know? exactly. and also you know they are playing actually better sides than you think but he's not exactly got Beckham whipping in the balls to him no, you know exactly, it, yeah. it also takes players like that to really you know inspire a younger generation of that's players right, from that area right. like we say it's a mass- massively populated sort of huge area of the world which is very underrepresented in yeah. terms of football so you know it takes players like him yeah. to actually go there and mm. do it to get players enthusi- uh, young players enthusiastic and into football and, and hopefully the whole sort of area can improve and you've well, got, right. you got to think if he's, if he's travelling to uh, these international matches it's not a few it's not like mm. uh, South America well around to South you're Korea is a long old hop it's a, big, <laughs> it's a big old bit of, yeah. uh, bit of land to get over yeah. and stuff but I mean I, I think it kind of it, it, it kind of tallies with when People won't take chan- won't take chances on uh, players that are going to be disappearing to the African nations in the middle of the yeah, season. That's right. Yeah. You know, what I mean, if you've got if you if the years have fallen where they're going to be travelling a lot, there's not a lot of point in getting in someone because usually footballers only last a couple of seasons at a club anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean? it's yeah. rare that you get longer than that. So I mean, yeah. it probably was didn't make a lot of sense for a for a European to keep, club yeah, to get yeah. to get to get all of them really. Well, especially if he's not going to be around. If he's always yeah. popping away and coming back again, it's not ideal. That's right. I mean, just quickly going back on a point you said, Luke, about uh, inspiring a generation, you know, I think, you know, even more, I mean, we talk about Asia, even more specifically the Middle East, you know, we've seen the likes of Japan and South Korea, mm. uh, other Asian sides do really well, you know, you know, more specifically in the Middle East that 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 we haven't seen many teams from there, no. many players, and, and so this guy really is um, a real pioneer and a real uh, inspiration, yeah, as you absolutely. say. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but uh, he, yes, he, he scored the 109 goals in 149 matches, and uh, he is ranked among the, the top 12 of the world's most capped players. Mm. Which is a, it's a great achievement, achievement in itself. It's an incredible achievement, mm. you know. After playing in Dubai, he did go back to uh, Persepolis, uh, his old side in, in Iran, and then and a few other Iranian sides he played for, uh, including Saipa. Um, and he scored on the final day of the season in his last match as a professional footballer to help Saipa win the Persian Gulf Cup, which is the Iranian league. Great stuff. That's brilliant. A fitting end. The Persian Gulf Cup sounds so exotic. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a knockout tournament. That is the name of the Iranian National League. He went on to manage his old club, Saipa, and the uh, Iranian national team. Unfortunately, he failed to qualify for the World Cup for 2010 with the Iranian national team, and he was sacked. But he was kind of... I think he was doing a bit of uh, dual management between the two. Mm. So it was very difficult for him. But he currently manages his old team, uh, Persepolis. Um, But when he was at Saipa, he did win them the Iranian uh, championship. Um, So, you know, decent coach. Yeah, yeah, that's Um, all right. Yeah, uh, he uh, interesting enough. He owns um, uh, a company which uh, manufactures a lot of the football jerseys, uh, and they um, they make the jerseys for the national team, hmm. giving something back. He's yeah. uh, he's uh, he's part of the football fabric over there, isn't he? Yeah? <laughs> hey, oh, good. excellent, excellent, wonderful. You're welcome. Beautiful. Um, in an interview, uh, he was once asked. Having scored over a century of international goals, can you reveal what your scoring secrets are? And the great man replied, Only the mothers can give birth to goal scorers. You need to be born a goal scorer. It is something about instinct, but you have to improve yourself with training, and I am no exception. Welcome. Ali Dai. Welcome. Get Dye. in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. Um, I hope you've had a lovely time. Oh, I have. Um, <laughs> and that's the main you, thing. <laughs> and screw the lot of you. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com. And if you want to check out the website with all sorts of blogs and ramble tube, then why not go to thefootballramble.com? Um, Betway predictions. What have we got? Um, I've gone for Gasparini's Mengenoa to beat Udinese at home this year, uh, this week. After this my, year. <laughs> yeah, after my uh, correct prediction of Milan to beat Udinese. All right. He got wrong. Who's that Genoa? I did get it wrong. Who's that Genoa player you like the name of? Aqua Fresca. Good one. <laughs> it means fresh water. Yeah. Nice. Aqua Fresca's for your family. Doo. Not just a pretty player. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the bigot soda. Ooh. <laughs> nice. James, what have you got? Uh, I've, I've gone for Inter to beat Sampdoria because uh, I just think Inter really are going to sort of open up a gap and people aren't taking the chances to sort of dent into their lead and I, I, I think they'll have it. Oh, so that's a home banker, isn't it? Yeah. You're saying that Cassano's going to open up your face. Yeah, we'll 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 Cassano's not being picked, pal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we can, he'll be over being, here. Being picked on. Um, yeah, no, I, last time I went for um, Real Madrid to beat uh, Cherez, and in a shock yeah. result, I was right. Yeah, well done for that. I never saw that coming. I went for a draw uh, last week. Didn't work. Uh, look, he went for the win, and yeah, he did won. work. He, he <laughs> did work. Um, so this week, I'm going to be a little bit more positive. Fulham win. Yes. Home banker against Birmingham. Yes! Roy's, Roy's got Come them on. scoring. He's going to do it. He's going to end the season with a flourish. Marcus, put him out of his misery. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him there's loads of the season left as well. Yeah. Um, I have gone for Arsenal to win at home to Sunderland. 
Interestingly, that's going to be a win. Sunderland woeful at the moment. Last time Sunderland won a league match, I believe, was against Arsenal. Oh, was it? That's incredible. Well, if you want to get involved with us and and, and bet against us and or bet on your own, even betway.com forward slash the football ramble um, and uh, yeah, fill your boots. Fill them. Say goodbye, Pete. Say goodbye. Say goodbye, Lukey. Goodbye. (laughs) And say goodbye, James or Jim. Goodbye. We're all off to Rio Carnival. Cheers. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.